Today I want to work from Genesis chapter 28. I started reading the Bible again beginning of the year. I encourage you to follow a plan. It comes up as a reminder. Uh, in fact, at the end of the year, you can come up to me if, um, if you read your Bible. I will give you a surprise. You won't know what it is. It could be big. It could be very big. So do it for yourself, most importantly. Amen? All right, Genesis chapter 28. Opening up with verse uh, 10 through 22. We've got to cover a lot of contact, uh, con- um, content, but praise God that we're here. And uh, may the Lord just help us quiet our mind and focus in on to hear what God has got, got for us. Genesis chapter 28, starting with verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, when he reached a certain place, God can bless you anywhere, right? A certain place. Where is that? <laughs> Don't matter. It can be your job. It can be anywhere. God can bless you anywhere, anytime, any place, anywhere. Amen? Verse 11. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with the top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. He's always above it. He's always above every human affairs. Amen. He's always above the plots and schemes and dreams of humanity. Right? Verse 13. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. In other words, uh, this did not start with you. This is a continuation where a progressive revelation of who God is. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. In other words, there's no measure when God blesses you. I mean, he blesses you in every area, right? It don't matter where you go. What God is about to do, God is saying that it's so big that it cannot be contained, right? It's not able to be contained with your mind, not geographically, not demographically. Um, It will not be contained. It says, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. How awesome is this? In other words, see what God can do through you, right? Jacob is seeing the vision while sleeping on the ground in the midst of a, a very difficult and uncertain time. It's funny how it says certain place, but Jacob has never been more uncertain. I'm going to bless the earth through you and your offspring. Verse 15, I'm with you. And here comes the promise. And will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. (laughs) I will not leave you until I'm done what I promised you. Um, if it's not done, it's not over, right? God, if I'm not dead, God's not done. Give it some time. If you're not sure how things are playing, give it some time. It'll play out, all right? I love that. All right, verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, 
which means house of God, through the city used to be called Luz, okay? Bethel means house of God. Verse 20, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, he's starting to negotiate here. <laughs> if God will be with me and, I will, uh, and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and I will give, um, on the journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. <laughs> so he's kind of setting the standard. Now all of a sudden, like God was speaking, now he was like, but what? Starts negotiating, right? Then <laughs> the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all of that you've given me, I will give you a tenth. Okay? So he's understanding the importance of that, just giving back to God, right? Greatest investment. Uh, my focus is on verse 17 and 18, where he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And early next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set as a pillar and poured oil on it, right? Um, today, I want to title my message, the, K, the Gate of Purpose. I originally titled it, The Promise of the Pillow. Um, but whatever helps you to remember this message, may it be so, right? Um, when you're about to get married, you start having certain conversations, right? Uh, we start to figure out where the wedding's going to be out, things like that. Um, whether you're even on the same page, like, how many kids are you going to have, right? <laughs> I just want to suggest, uh, have one first, if you're considering that. Kind of see how it goes before you go setting a number, right? Um, sample the product, like a Costco. <laughs> how many kids? I don't know, like, um, how many years do you want to be married, you know, as human beings before you become uh, servants to your children, you know? Uber drivers, delivering food to them, taking them to drive throughs all sorts of things. It's fun. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Kids are amazing. Um, here's one you probably never think of if you're a man, and you need, you need to put this in conversation. I actually, there's a reason I brought it. I'm just glad I remembered it. <laughs> Men, uh, you got to put this in conversation, right? Um, you guys know what this is? There's a bunch of these on the bed sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. How many of these are we going to have? I don't want to distract. Man, it's so sparkly. Uh, that's not even comfortable. <laughs> um, how many of these are we going to have? Because, you know, God forbid you sleep on that pillow because that's not for, you know, putting your head down. Um, when we just got married, it was eight. I counted. <laughs> I even got my configuration down, really, just because there's a certain way, you know, and uh, which ones go where, which one you karate chop. Have you ever chopped a pillow before? Yeah, you will if you haven't. <laughs> it's like eight, uh, ten-minute routines, right, to go through before you get in your bed. Um, but it was just hard for me to realize that the purpose of a pillow was not for my head, right? Uh, so they call it a throw pillow. And so thankfully, we threw it out after we had kids, and we didn't have to worry about it. Because you just get out of bed, you come back in, and we're just in that stage. Maybe we'll get back to throw pillows, you know, but hopefully not. Uh, like I said, it was just hard for me to understand why was there a pillow that you can't lay on, right? Isn't that a pillow? That's the purpose of it, right? I remember when Larissa would leave town, that's before we had kids. I was a rebel. I didn't take him off or take him down or put him back on. I just let them be there. And... Uh, 
But anyways, I was intrigued that because Jacob was sleeping on something he wasn't supposed to be sleeping on. And uh, in this case, right, Jacob's 77 years old, and he has to sleep on a rock. I mean, think about it, right? But it's the closest thing to a pillow, and uh, we could say sneaky Jacob made his bed, and he has to lie in it. Get it? Because he, you know, had to trick his way up. Um, The cliche here applies, if you think about it. But what he sees is amazing, and I think that's the context of it is very significant, because it's not about the destination that God appears, but along the way. Think about it, right? It's 60 miles still away from Beersheba. He's not yet to Laban's house. We know where he goes and where he falls in love with Rachel, but he has to go through Leah, I mean, and work many years to get to Rachel. But all of that yet is to happen. But this is before this, right? So I want to make sure we're aware of where we're at in the story. Uh, But God shows up along the way. And sometimes God will arrange the conditions of your life that you have to stop, right? So some revelation cannot be given while you're on the run, right? When you have stopped running. That's why today I was like, Lord, help us just calm my, my mind down. It's kind of interesting because I'm talking about this. But this morning I just had a hard time calming my mind down. But, and then I'm like, okay, this, this, that. And then like, I, I love our worship team. I threw so much at them last second. And, uh, but man, they, they're not, not only awesome, they, didn't, they, they prayed over me. And I love that. But God shows up along the way. And it's significant what Jacob sees, right? He sees the activity of God. And uh, not in his manipulation, but in his sleep, right? So in Jacob's dream, we see angels ascending and descending. And the order is very important because it didn't start in heaven. It started on earth. They went up. They went down. Uh, and I love history. In Mesopotamian times, they believed that their gods would come down from heaven, right? And be among them and, and things like that. But this over here says that the angels were ascending and descending. I never paid attention to that. But it was very significant over here. Because when we pray, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Often... God is waiting in the uh, initiative on earth, right? To release what heaven has for us. Our will, I say that many times, our will must be involved. God did not make us robots, right? We need to express desire. What do you want? I want to be healed. Jesus is coming up to most obvious things, and he's asking what people want. So our will, our initiative must be involved, right? So these angels are ascending, descending. They were working throughout the course of history. These are messengers of God, right? It just shows us that God is always working. God is always on the move. Amen? So angels are going up and down. And Jacob sees this in the sleep. Not when he was stealing the blessing. He didn't didn't see it then. Because he was trying to do it with his own efforts. Right? Sneaking around like, ah, I'm going to do this. He pretended to be his brother just so his father who was blind, um, you know, he tricked him into blessing him. Right? Um, Isaac gave Jacob a blessing. But God made Jacob a promise. Uh, people can give you blessings, but only God can give you, God can truly make promises, okay? Because people, oh, man, I've had a lot of promises broken for me. Every one of us can testify to that, right? <laughs> I mean, my, my own kids, like, Dad, I promise this is the last time, this is the last thing I ever want. I just want a toy. I will never, ever ask you for one more toy again, you know? <laughs> That's just an example of being, you know, with kids. So, um, so in the promise is this, God is illustrating through Jacob, Proverbs 19.21, which we'll later record. Uh, for those that know that Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, 
But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, right? We can have all sorts of plans, and we think, this is my purpose. You know, and we actually create our own purpose. We think about it. We start creating our own purpose. But then God is like, that is your, that is your desire. Those are your plans. But all right, let's see how it goes. And so Jacob thought he had a purpose, right? Didn't work out so well. He was on a run for many years. Man, he, the boy had to labor so much. And uh, even just to get, to get a wife, I mean, for years. And, uh, and then when he thought he, did, he got tricked, talking about people's promises, right? <laughs> it's a perfect time for that. So, but this is an example of how no matter how Jacob schemed, God met him in an unusual place and showed him how determined God is to fulfill his promise. It's so powerful. God has made up his mind and what he wants to do and who, who he wants to do it through. It's up to God to decide that. Amen? So first thing I want to point out, the point is purpose is determined. I'm going to make two major points on that. Purpose is determined is the first one. If you have a strong-willed child, anybody here? <laughs> so I know, yep, I'm not in this. Okay, so I know we're in the same company. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, purpose is more determined than your most strong-willed child. I want to use that as an example, right? Uh, because when kids really want it, I mean, they will find a way to convince you. I mean, I, I get convinced a lot. I'm getting better at it. I'm sharpening my parenting skills. Um, but it's, that's how it is. It's just about the purpose is just so strong and specific. Yeah. It's almost like you can't send it back. When we were talking about God's purpose, right? There's no return to sender. God is like, I'm going to get this done. Look at this, Isaiah 55, verse 10 through 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Ooh. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty. Okay? Put yourself in here. God, God has spoken to a lot of us through the time, right? But will accomplish what I desire, what God desires. This is God saying, and achieve the purpose. Here's that word, the purpose for which I sent it, right? God's purpose is determined. The gifts of God are without repentance. Something that you did 17 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, cannot reverse God's plan while you were still in the mother's womb. Okay? Purpose is determined. Okay? I'm not talking about our actions because we, what happens, we can get in the way and it just takes us longer. God is like, man, I'm after your heart. And he finds a way to get us back, right? I mean, I can testify myself of that. So, purpose is determined. Nobody can break up with you and derail the purpose of God. Okay? Nobody can fire you and interrupt the purpose of God. You see what I'm saying? Right? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. It's the glory of God through us. Right? There's no stopping what God has started until it's complete. He will see it through. God will see it through. Look at this. Philippians 1.6. And I'm sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God doesn't change His mind when Jacob blows it. Right? He tracks him down, meets him in his sleep, determined. The purpose of God is determined. Theological term would be predestined. Okay? Look at this. In Romans 8, 28, it says through 29, actually all the way through 31. I just realized I may have given you 
28 through 29, but it's through 31. Romans 8, 28 is one of my favorite passages. But I love, as you continue to go, it almost like that booster that you get is faith. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he has justified, he also glorified. And this is God speaking over you right now. Verse 31. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. God is working. God is continuously on the move. God is showing you that he has a purpose for you. The fact that you're here, God is still working in your life. God is still working in my life. Amen? To break it down very simple, <laughs> God is still working, right? God is working in all the things I did wrong and even through the things I did right and in all situations, right? All things work together. So what I'm saying is the activity of God can, cannot be stopped by human decisions, right? In fact, some of your greatest mistakes can become your greatest miracles, right? He can turn a mess into a, a, a miracle, really, in any situation. He can. It's called purpose. I want us to really just get this word engraved on us, the purpose of God and what it means. And that it will always prevail. It will always prevail, right? God determined for Joseph uh, to save many people from famine, right? And he started giving them dreams. Started speaking to them. Notice how God speaks in dreams. In places where we're not thinking with our own thoughts. We're like, eh, we're controlling it. Because we're in a rest state. So important to understand it. To get your soul to rest. To hear from God, right? So, and it's regardless how much his brothers wanted to throw him in the pit. And deter, deter that purpose. God's purpose did not stop in the pit, right? God was determined. There's many examples. I'll just use a couple. God was determined to bring the good news to Nineveh. We all know that city, right? Jonah, the prophet Jonah. And no matter how Jonah wanted to bail, God got to Jonah. <laughs> even in even the belly of the whale. So I can imagine, you know, Jonah, okay, he, he's sure he's dead. He's like, all right. And he's just waking up. And he's like, and God is right there like, hey, Jonah, how's it going? <laughs> that conversation, right? Because like, oh, yeah, you're not dead because I'm not done. Because my purpose is determined. Come on, right? Are we going to do this now, Jonah, or not? All right, God, you convinced me. Even if it took to being swallowed by a whale. Hallelujah. One of the girls, it was like, I think, an atheist uh, school back in the day in Soviet times. Um, she mentioned, <laughs> like uh, the teacher mentioned, if um, what kind of a ridiculous thing to believe that a, a, a whale can swallow a man? A man survives. And the, the, one of the boys said, I would believe even if a man swallowed the whale, I would believe God over you. <laughs> and then she like turned around and said, guys, point your fingers to heaven and scream, God's not real. Come on, point to heaven and scream, God's not real. Everybody's screaming. It's like, no, -uh. if he's not real, if he doesn't exist, why are you screaming at him? <laughs> so good. So good. You can't drown God's purpose. Come on, right? The second point I wanted to make was purpose is determined before it's discovered. 
some of these things, like I said, I discovered it in my own sense. Some of this stuff is from my own journal. And purpose is determined before it's discovered. In Genesis uh, 28:16, where we just read, it says, When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. And I was not aware of it. God did not show up when Jacob woke up. Jacob woke up to the fact that God was there all along. You see what I mean? Yeah. You're catching it, right? Woke is not a new term. Jacob was woke. You know, we hear a lot about that, right? <laughs> it's good to pray God to be with us, but I think it's better to pray in the way where we could see where God has already been. I noticed that a lot of times when I quiet my mind and when I go back and I start praying, I was like, wow, that situation brought me to here and now my faith is here. This is the place where I fell, but that caused me to put my full trust in God. God's purpose is determined, right? Amen. When we pray God to be with us, it's kind of, it's kind of redundant, right? Here's why. Okay, right? It says, he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He also said, truly, I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the ages, right? Now, if it's not over, that means God is still working, right? So I don't have to ask him to do something that he already promised to do, all right? Um, I just have to wake up to the reality that he's been working all along, all right? But by the time you see it, it's already happening, right? <laughs> by the time you got to church today, people are already praying. We were praying for you guys. We were praying over the seats. There's only teams, a worship team preparing so by the time you see it, it's already happening, right? So Jacob's so funny to me. He goes, God is here. And I didn't even know it. Like, if you think about it, how can you miss God? How can God be in an actual place and you didn't see it? I thought, yeah. Isn't that a great question? <laughs> we do it, yeah. Because, because he could not see it with his natural eyes, okay? God had to open up his spiritual eyes through a dream. Again, that state of rest where you're not figuring it out on your own. This is like, this is the only way God's like, okay, the guy's sleeping. I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> I'm going to do this now. Um, this is why the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. It's so important because you're walking in the presence of God. That's the state we need to be in order to sustain and survive and not fall away left and right. Right? This is why you can have peace in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, pandemic. Um, you know, this is why you can sleep on a rock, right? Because God's purpose has a promise. And that gives you peace. And I'll get to something very exciting towards the end here because we're talking about sleeping through the storms, right? And it wasn't until, but we're talking about spiritual eyesight, spiritual IQ, okay? Because we can get focused in and get redundant with everything even our prayers can become like just a repetitive same thing over and over again but look at it but when we begin our bring our attention when we come into the presence of God our our sight spiritual eyes open up think about it Samson it wasn't he, until he actually went physically blind he could actually finally see what God was doing and what he achieved then at the last mission he did more he killed more Philistines than anybody than any of all of his career combined right all those uh enemy that was oppressing Israelites the whole time so Jacob wakes up and he's like this is an awesome pillow right um so and then I thought about it I was like wow he just repurposed the rock to a, you know into a pillow not exactly tempur but it will work um 
Sometimes you can't be picky. You can't be picky, right? Sometimes you got to take whatever you got. And I'll say this because you know what I'm saying. If it's not my favorite song, um, I'm still worship anyway. The music is not right, but I'm going to worship anyways because I don't need my favorite song to worship God. Right? It will work. It will work. Jacob said it will work. It's not a lot of money, but it will work. It's not a lot, but I will do the best that I can to train my child. It will work from what I know, right? My husband, exactly who he, you know, we're not going to say that. <laughs> Skip that. <laughs> but it will work. Jacob says it will work. And he wakes up and he says, that was awesome. This is amazing. This is the house of God. He just really just wakes up from the dream. You know when God, when God gives you a revelation, when you just finally enter into presence, you, there's nothing that can stop you because that's happening in the presence of God. Again, to get into that secret place we talked about frequently here, to close the room and just pour your heart out before the Lord and then be still, quiet your mind down, and you will hear God speaking to you. Amen? But the interesting point I want to point out, that first he was afraid because fear is the flip side of faith. Fear is what you feel that enables you to open up yourself to faith. Okay? Fear is the sensation that leads you to something greater than yourself when you're putting faith in God. Right? That causes you to have faith in God who's a lot greater than you. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I brought my attention from this noise. I'm only seeing this thing. And all of a sudden I quiet my mind down and God is like almost gives you an eagle's eye view. Right? When you go higher the elevation... You get a better angle, right? It's just think about it. When you're seeing stuff from the top, you can see a lot more things in advance. So the more we spend time with the presence of God, the less mistakes we will make. Because you can see in advance, there's a truck coming <laughs> around the corner, right? There's a bad relationship. <laughs> Don't go in there deep. You're going to be disappointed. God will still work. God is, God is, you know, amazing. He can work through those situations. But why? why? Why get to the destination a lot longer? You know, have you ever taken a wrong turn accidentally on your GPS? Man, they reroute you and through every little street, through the corner. And you're like, man, I killed 20 minutes. I killed half an hour, whatever it may be. And so I want us to think about that. When we're in the presence of God, we can save ourselves lots of mistakes, right? But first he was afraid. But then he was excited. He says, this is awesome. This is lit. <laughs> Sorry. That's what Moses said at the burning bush. <laughs> wow, that's very relevant. Three C's, climb, confess, and then conserve. Yeah, wow, conserve, then <laughs> confess. Amen. But that's what happens. That's a great, they got an example from the Lord, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so then he took some oil, right? And he rubbed it on the rock, you know. Um, and this is the house of God, you know, pointing at the rock. God doesn't live in the rock, right? 
Except that one verse where it says if we don't pray, rocks will cry out, right? That's fair. Um, but God can show up anywhere, right? That's the point. Then he took some oil. So oil is symbolic. It symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit of teaching on that. It's symbolic of the joy of the Lord, all right? Um, but it was also significant because uh, when something was being consecrated, and just in Jewish culture, whatever it may be, they would put oil on it. You know, that's just a part of the consecration that happened, all right? So, but what's amazing is, if you think about it, rock is something that is very common, right? <laughs> uh, rock is something that is common. And Jacob consecrates something that is common and says, this is the house of God. No, it's not. <laughs> God doesn't live in a rock. But he certainly can. God's almighty. The thing is, Jacob was doing it in remembrance of that. So it's a very good thing to remember what God does for you, right? So I want to point that out. So nobody does say, well, like, what, what does that mean? God said, this is the house of God. The rock is the house of God? No. I'm explaining to you for, for us humans, God said, helps us with reminders. And a lot of times we're prompted to do that so we don't forget it. That's why it's good to journal if the Lord speaks to you. Uh, there's being words sent out. Take out your phone. Put a record on it. Okay? It's very important. So, but notice this. God didn't say, this is the gate of heaven. Jacob did. So apparently, I have the ability to be in the common situation. Right? <laughs> you hear me? Um, in an uncertain situation and put some oil of the Holy Ghost on it and put some purpose on it. Somebody say, this is the gate. <laughs> Say that one more time with more confidence. This is the gate. So the rock becomes a pillow. The pillow becomes a pillar. So it is what you make of it, right? When you're walking with faith, you have a perspective of God in situations. It's like it doesn't matter what is thrown away. Like this is a portal for God to do his glory, right? There's something that will come through this pain that will bring me deeper joy. It will bring me joy that no person can take or... Uh, or give, things like that. Because it's something that God gives. Amen? What God has given, it's true, and it's yes and amen. Amen? This is the gate. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it next time somebody's giving you a hard time at your job. Oh, Lord, thank you for this day. I'm alive. If enemy had his way, he would take my focus. Uh, what enemy does, he, he wants you to focus on the now and tomorrow. Um, but oftentimes what happens, we would miss the provision and strength that God wants to bring you right now in the moment. So we try to do it our way, and God is like, well, you can, but if you let me do it through you, you'll see what I can do through you. Amen? Come on. So that means I can look at something that seems so ordinary, like a job that you may not like right now, right? It can become your gate. If I point at it and anoint it, Right? I can see some of you going to work tomorrow, <laughs> just pointing at people that annoy you the most. <laughs> this is the gate. Frank is the gate. Karen is the gate. You know, because God is going to use people that I can't stand to make me patient. I'm telling you, you've been praying for patience. Careful. That's one thing I don't pray for, patience, because I know what God is going to do. <laughs> and now God will use Pete. To give you some patience. See what I mean? Um, Pete's the gate. It could be your, whatever that you work, that you've hated. Tomorrow you're going to work and say, I'm excited to be here. I have this job and I'm going to point at it and a blessing and say, Lord, thank you. This is my gate to serve. This is the purpose I'm, and the season that I'm in. Amen? 
And then, like I've mentioned, 20 and 21 verse, Jacob kind of starts to, um, you know, argue with God. Not argue. He was saying, if, if you do this, Lord, for me, he's kind of bargaining. God is not an if-then God, right? <laughs> the God of promises are yes and amen. It's already done. It means I can be in any situation, even in uncomfortable ones, and bring the kingdom of God there. Does that make sense? But and it ain't that crazy that God used a place of discomfort, right, to give Jacob his greatest revelation. Think about that. Next time you're in an uncomfortable situation. A few weeks ago in a row, I've talked about being pushed into purpose. You're being pushed, and a lot of times it's uncomfortable in those situations. But there's a purpose in your pain. There's purpose in that situation. Amen? You would think like a 77-year-old man would wake up, you know, with a sore neck after sleeping on a rock. No. He gets excited and he says, this is awesome. Because it wasn't about what he felt. It was about what he saw. It was about who he knew, right? So it's not about what we feel. Feel Feelings are very, very fickle. They are very, something you shouldn't rely on. Um, it's not about the feelings. It's because of who you know. Right? right? How awesome is this place? You can say that anywhere, not just in Hawaii. How awesome is this place? Next time you see bad weather in Alaska, how awesome is this place? Look at these mountains. People come out here and they're like, oh, Alaska is so popular. They keep creating various shows about Alaska. And here we are like, yes, no, again. All right, cool. Just think about summer. Think about that, right? And you get to sleep better. I mean, you don't have to wake up. The lighting is lower. It helps you sleep. So... It's the gate because it has a purpose, right? Purpose allows you to see the promise. Every place has a purpose, but before it's discovered, it must be determined. Okay, I'm just highlighting for you. And God will allow you to determine the purpose of the place that you're in. So you can either survive it or you can be strengthened by it, right? Um, you, can re, you can resent it or you can receive a revelation like John on the island of Patmos. Wrote a book, Revelation, right? How awesome is this? So we decide, is this a place I become bitter? I lay down and die in my disappointment? Or is this the place I discover a deeper source? Number of times I thought I was in the worst situation. I'm like, Lord, I just... Just take it away. God is like, I'm not taking away what I'm using to bring you to that deeper source. If this is what requires to get your attention, I will do it. Because God is just after our hearts. Amen? You can only get strength in certain places. Something that Jacob couldn't get just anywhere else, right? He's still 400 miles away from his destination. But it's, it's in a certain place he gets a revelation. And that means that he's always with me all along. Like, even if you just determine it, God is like, man, I'm with you because I'm accessible. We don't need to go and bring a bunch of, uh, you know, sacrifices before the Lord in order to get into the presence of God. Call upon my name in that situation. He is there. It just shows that he is always available. That made it possible because that veil was torn. And Jesus said, I'm not going to live behind no curtain. I want to be with you. I want you to be in the presence with me. Amen? Amen. Difficult time with your teenager? This is the gate. <laughs> Just walk around pointing at things, <laughs> saying, this is the gate. Um, not waiting for my season to serve, you know, others. This is the gate. This is the year. 
I'm going to start serving now. I'm not waiting for uh, a relationship to feel significant. You know, I'm made in the image of God. This is the gate. This is the year. I'm not going to wait until I'm 45 years before I can commit my life to Christ or give, you know, start serving him with just all my heart. This is the day that the Lord has made, right? I will rejoice and be glad in it. So he makes a monument, right? And that's where, that's what people did back in the day, I've mentioned. People did that, especially anytime when the Israelites crossed the, um, the sea, they set rocks up. And then they, when they crossed the Jordan, they also set the rocks down, right? It reminds us of God's goodness. But this, thinking about this story, made me think of another story. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 through 41. A furious squall, this is the word that we don't use often, squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> Jesus found a pillow somewhere. It's amazing. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher! Don't you care if we die, or if we die, other translation says die. Don't you care if we drown? So Jesus was sleeping on something that he wasn't supposed to be sleeping on, right? That, because you, if you're on a boat, like, this is not a cruise line, <laughs> like, where you're sleeping through the storm. You know, like, it, everybody's out there helping each other, right? But that wasn't just a Jacob thing. Jesus did that too. The disciples were awakened by their fear, and Jesus was asleep by his purpose. Think about that, right? Uh, the only way to contrast this is what they thought versus what he knew. Right? He got up, verse 39, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. You know, you have to say this to your mind sometimes, you know, to our monkey mind that just keeps running around. Just shut up. You know, think about it. Sometimes that's the holiest thing you can say, the most anointed thing you can say. Just shut up. Let's continue reading. Sorry. I mean, I'm talking about things what I do. Okay, so it's like pastor says these kind of words in his mind. Yeah, I'm sharing my thoughts. Uh, and that's what gets you to quiet down because David did that. Every time you get in the presence, he's like, why are you, why are you thoughts? Why are you so running? Trust in the Lord. Just, just shut up. Like you could tell that there was this just frustration because our mind just keeps replaying stuff to us and tries to just deter us. Again. The importance of coming into the presence of God where things start to start to clear up for us. Amen? Come on. So he said to his disciple, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. That reminds me. Jacob was terrified first, right? Because fear is the flip side of faith, right? They asked each other, who is this? I thought they knew. <laughs> I never thought of it. I was like, I thought they knew. This is Jesus, Right? No, it took an uncomfortable situation to show them the revelation. You understand what I mean? So, who he was all along, that they were with him. And just like Jacob said, and I wasn't aware of it. They were like, we were with Jesus this whole time? Now we see he's the son of God, right? So, there's that connection right there. So, what started as a storm now turned into a sermon. I <laughs> love that, right? So, uh, Jesus preached, right, who he was. By not by what he did, but by what he did. Uh, not by what he said, but by what he did, right? So he takes a pillow and he lays his head down on it. Because he knew something they didn't know. I will not leave you until I have accomplished everything I've said before you, right? That's what God said to Jacob, right? In every place, there's a purpose. In every purpose, there's a promise. 
Because think about it. We're right now still in chapter 4 of Mark, right? But in chapter 5, Jesus is going to meet a man who's a demon-possessed fella, who he will set free, and he will, and then that fella goes into the ten cities, Decapolis, right? And then the gospel reaches completely new region. God's purpose. Come on. I'm going to bless the whole earth through you. And here we go. Mission is born that was pronounced in Genesis. Hear me out. This is very important. What God told Jacob, I will bless the whole earth through you, is now coming because of this connection, right? I mean, this is one of the connections that God showed me, that I'm going to bless the whole earth through you. So what Jesus knew was I can't drown in chapter 4, right? <laughs> because there's a purpose on the other side. Come on. I'm going to get a pillow and I'm going to sleep because there's a promise on the other side. There's somebody that's already ready to receive this, of the freedom, ready to preach the gospel and take the word of God to the new region, right? Because God promised to Jacob, I'm going to bless the whole earth through you, right? But then it also reminded me of this one, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. So this is Peter. Um, this is already Jesus went to heaven. <laughs> Uh, an Acts, did I say Acts 1 6? Uh oh, that, that's, not, that's not correct. Maybe it's 16. I apologize. Can somebody look up because I have a glitch? But let me bring it up. I think it's further down. It, it definitely is further down. Maybe it's 16. But just put in the night before Herod was to bring Peter to trial. So we can bring that up. Yeah, we make night before Herod was to bring. Peter to trial. And I thought I want to say it was 16. I'm landing the plane. Be patient. This is very important. 12. Thank you. So it's 12.6, right? Thank you so much. Acts 12.6. Let's bring that up. Let's read it. Okay. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was freaking out. Pacing. No? Peter was what? Sleeping. Between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. How comfortable, right? Peter is sleeping. He must know something. He must have a revelation. He must know what God's purpose is for him. Because earlier, John got his head chopped off. And here he is. The night before the trial, he was like, I wonder what he's going to do to me. He's like, might as well sleep on it. Right? When God gives you a promise, how many of you have a promise of God? Amen. Right? Come on. That he will not leave you nor forsake you, right? When you got a promise, instead of pacing and trying to figure it out, sleep on it, right? I'm not going to stress about it because it's in God's hand. I'm not going to try to manipulate it. It's in God's hands. Right? I know that in every place there's a purpose, and in every purpose there's a promise. And if God has made a promise... That's the promise you can rely on, not people's promises. I'm telling you, I'm warning you about that. Be steadfast because you can save yourself a lot of trouble. Don't put your faith in people, okay? Put faith and trust in God. He will bring the right people around you. And if those people that you were going to be hanging out, be friends, you might actually be able to minister to them. I'm not saying don't be afraid to see that Jesus didn't pull us out of this world, right? He just wanted to, he gave us something to carry. We're the vessels and the carriers of the kingdom of God. That means I can walk into any situation 
It doesn't matter what everything, everything's happening around. I can bring the kingdom of God. I can bring the light and deliverance to those people. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet.